Welcome back to the end of season two of More Than Running. I'm your host, Dana Giordano, and I'm joined with Chris Chavez, the leader of the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. And we did this last season where we recapped season one, but as Chris mentioned right before we start recording, we're about a year anniversary of the More Than Running with Dana Giordano podcast, which is kind of crazy. So the way this podcast is going to work is we're going to talk about season two, highlight some of the guests and see how we did just reflecting on it. And, you know, I'm going to let Chris take the reins of leading it and kind of express where I'm at. We are officially 74 days as of today of recording to the Olympic trials. So we're taking a little pause on the pod to focus in on the main goal but I really, you know, have loved this whole year and experience. I think I've grown a lot as a podcast host. So with that, Chris. Yeah. So I like these doing these little mini episodes at the end of every season because it it, it doesn't feel like a performance review as like, oh, hey, like as your producer, here's what I thought of the whole thing. It's really unpacking and summarizing a lot of the things that we sort of learned from all these conversations that you had. And for me, being on the behind the scenes end of things, like this was definitely a very diverse sort of season of guests and uh, in my opinion, like a lot of really valuable lessons came away from each conversation. So, uh, yeah, you know, overall in this season, you featured Michelle Samet, Portia Dobson, Roberta Gibb, Catherine Burgess, Mrs. Space Cadet, uh, Emma Abrahamson, Erica Kemp, Alexi Pappas, Aaron Kenny made a return to the podcast, Nene Meyer, Emily Enfield, Taylor Tracy, Grayson Murphy, and Courtney Wayman. So let's that is that is quite the squad of of guests. Um, I'm very curious off the top, like which of these conversations. I know it's so hard to pick when like a lot of them are your friends, and like so many of them went on and on for you know. I think one of the longest ones might have been close to 90 minutes. But what what conversation really stood out to you um, as some of the most meaningful and powerful from this season? I think definitely um, Roberta Bobby Gibb was just really important to me. I think that her story has been a little bit lost in time and my generation of female track athlete doesn't really know. She definitely has an interesting way of her own personal storytelling. So it def- I was talking to my mom the other day and I was like, I'd love to go back into that podcast and cut and splice and do a narrative and have it less be more of an interview style, but kind of tell her story with her little anecdotes, you know, make it a shorter format to, you know, really publicize her story because it's still so wild that she was told, oh, you can't be a doctor because you're going to have kids. You know, it's just those things. I'm so grateful that that's not an issue, but kind of really highlighting the inequalities that have been going on for so long in women's sports. For sure. And I totally feel you on the sort of the educational aspect of that episode was interesting to me because, you know, everyone sees, you know, the Catherine Switzer, you know, photographs and uh, or when her name pops up around sort of this time of year in anticipation of the Boston Marathon, I feel like Roberta Gibbs story gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And so it was really cool to to hear you highlight her. And also, it just seemed like that episode could have gone on for two hours, three hours, because she could... She was just great. At, I, I forget. I think that's one of the episodes where you did the least amount of talking because she can take whatever you just said and run and tell four or five different stories as a result of it. She was, she's amazing. And I think that one of the funniest things was I sent her a Zoom link to do the recording 
And so she called me on the phone and was like, I don't know how to set up this link. And I was like, well, you can't be on the phone and do the Zoom at the same time. So I think it was her first Zoom call or interview in a long time. But one of the things I want to highlight about her is that she's you know still working to publicize herself she has a children's book about her and she's doing a sculpture project so if you ever do the boston marathon you'll see the bobby gibb bronze sculpture that she made herself so i think it kind of is very representative of more than running because she's an artist a sculptor all these other things and running was a highlight of her life and it's still a big part of it but it really doesn't define her one of the other episodes that really stood out to me from this season was the Mrs. Space Cadet episode because, I mean, this just kind of goes back to the heart and soul of, of what you wanted to accomplish at the very beginning of creating this podcast where you would – and you, you talk about it in sort of these conversations sometimes is you'll hit me with like, hey, I'm planning on having this person on the podcast and I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and from my standpoint, I'm, I'm sort of like, I sit back and I think like, hey, like I'm pretty familiar with people in running. And then like, so who is this person that I haven't even heard of? And then to learn their story makes it so so much fun, at least like in the editing process, because I get to learn about this whole other untapped area that the running community touches. And for you, as we've kind of spoken about before, um, in, in maybe the season one unpacking, it was sort of like, TikTok helps connect you to some of these very interesting people. And so to have that episode with Mrs. Space Cadet and hear just sort of how she came into the sport and what her goals are as a sort of newbie runner uh, was really impactful. And so I definitely want to see another one or two of those, at least like in the next season, because you know, the way my mind works sometimes where I'm like, well, that one's not going to do that many listens because this I've never heard of this person, that kind of stuff. But in the end, I think you continue to press forward and pri- like push back to me when I, when I say things like that, but, and also uh, sort of prioritize the storytelling over any sort of metrics. It's definitely a fine balance of telling an untold story versus promotion of your own podcast. And with someone like a Mrs. Space Cadet, she obviously has a massive following on TikTok. I, I don't even know her numbers now, like 400,000 followers are interested. Wow. It's, it's wild, you know? So there is an audience for everyone. I think what I sometimes struggle with is, you know, that promotion aspect because my personal audience on my social sometimes doesn't touch her social. And then you get this kind of feedback of if the guest doesn't share, but that's besides the point. The main thing is that I think sometimes running is very pretentious and we don't let new people come in. And I think one of the reasons why the women's, especially the women's side, but the Olympic trials for the women's marathon was such an amazing feat of storytelling for 550 people. And you know, every single one of those people had a story. Are they the best? No. Are they gonna win? Probably not. But we gave them worth and value and the time and attention. And I don't think we do that for many other events. We only really care about who wins. We only really care about the main teams that we know a lot about. And I still think that that's not really happening on the track side, unfortunately. So I kind of just said, screw it a little bit. and was like, you know what? We need to make running more inclusive. We need to not scare people away. We need to just, you know, let more people in. And I think that kind of comes down to a conversation I had last season um, where it was like, if you look around you and everyone looks like you, it's not diverse. If you look around you and everyone's the same pace as you, it's also not diverse. So really assess 
what spaces that you're occupying. So that was definitely a long tangent to bringing TikTokers on my podcast, but I really think that one of the ways to increase visibility of the sport is to say, hey, this is an interesting part of what we do and here's why and not a condescending way. So you mentioned diversity. How, did you feel like you reached your goal of reaching and interviewing like a diverse group of women with the second season? I do. I do and I don't. I think one of the hard things for diversity is I really should have stepped further out of my comfort zone and done more events. You know, it's been mostly distance focused. So I want to step out and interview more sprinters and kind of throwers and people. And, you know, I started some conversations but had less follow through and that's on me. Um, but I do think I had a pretty good age uh, and race diversity on the podcast, but especially age this season. You know, I think sometimes we're focused on the mid-20s main people and we kind of forget about, you know, everyone at every age has value and it doesn't just expire when your running career is over. Yeah. And the other tougher component, and this is just speaking in general across you know, having, well, me behind the scenes managing like five different shows, but it's sort of like, you also kind of want to be attuned to like the current events and stuff. And so like, but by the time that we were wrapping up episode 12 and 13, like, yes, there has been like this major uptick in, you know, anti-Asian, just sort of like harassment and hate and, and racism um, that it's like, oh, like, dang, we missed the mark and like, didn't have an episode sort of addressing that. But, you know, it's just sort of like, the thing about this is like, Unfortunately, it's not a problem that's solved overnight and the opportunity is still going to be there to have like a conversation about that kind of stuff, like at least like in in the near future. Um, So, right. It's so tough to, you know, cross every T and, and dot every I when it comes to trying to, you know, maybe make it the most, the most diverse and like the, uh, we also want it to be authentic, but yeah. There's some voices in the sport where there have been some amazing women who have, you know, paved their own path and it can kind of tip to the side of tokenism, you know, oh, you don't, you didn't dig deep enough in the community. So you're using the same five people and that's not authentic at all. It's just kind of lazy. So I think it has to be representative of who you are, but also not, oh, I'm checking a box. Right. It's like my podcast is to tell untold stories and that's the most important part. So I'm going to find that first and hopefully that is reflective of diversity eventually. And it's definitely something that continuously needs to be worked on. Um, But I don't think going, and I think those people would probably say the same. It's like, are you Mm -hmm. using me because I'm doing a really good job and promoting myself? But like, what about all these other people in my community that aren't spoken to? Right. And I, yeah. So you said that your mission is to tell stories that previously haven't been told about some of these women. And, it, and it's always a, it's tough because, you know, you look at Roberta Gibb and, you know, she's, mm-hmm. her story has been public for, for decades. Alexi Pappas, the challenge in an episode like that is that she's in the middle of promoting a book and like on a media tour. So like she's doing like 50 plus interviews a week and so you're trying to find the you know the point or two or the story that she hasn't really told before but at the same time acknowledging that your audience isn't the rich roll podcast audience so there's not necessarily maybe you have a handful of people who have listened to both episodes um so it's it's okay to kind of tell some of these 
already told stories. But I guess, how did you sort of feel about looking at this sort of guest list and trying to accomplish that? Because even someone like Emily Infeld, mm-hmm. public figure, Olympian, her story has been out there for years, but you still tried to find, you know, whether it was the mental health component or, or something new that pushes the conversation even and story about her forward. For sure. I was definitely going to bring up Emily because the funny thing about Emily is we recorded once and I had my first podcaster mistake where somehow I deleted the episode. Uh, I think it happened. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, Chris, but. Oh, no, it's a scary thing. Like I I had it with Bex Gentry, uh, like the Peloton instructor and marathoner who just ran 232 at the British trials. We recorded a 90 minute episode and like my recorder died on me. And then like the file looked like it was corrupt in the recorder. But and I plugged it into my computer and did a bunch of coding. I was able to somehow salvage it. Uh, It was a little scary moment I had because it's like that's 90 minutes you don't get back. And yeah, you're taking their time. So we recorded with Emily in the fall. Um, but it, you know, honestly, it wasn't my best work. So I'm happy I had a second opportunity and I'm happy that I created a relationship with Emily first. Cause I do think my best work is when I have a genuine connection or I've been following someone's story for a long time. You know, I think that I, you know, you guys can have your own opinion on me, but I personally think that I can connect with people pretty well. It's a lot easier in person than over zoom, of course. Um, but I think it made for that Emily podcast to flow and just be fun and kind of sound like a conversation between two friends, even though Emily and I have never met. Um, so it may not have been a lot of new information, but I thought it was a really nice check-in, especially because we had that talk in the fall, you know, and she was in a better place and I was in a better place. And it was, it was just a nice conversation. You know, sometimes you learn something totally new about someone And other times you can just humanize the person behind the social media. You know, you might think, you know, a lot about Emily Infeld because she, she gives you a lot of access to her life, but listening to something like a podcast, you get a little bit more of, Oh, this is me. I'm not just these posts. And, you know, she posted something really scary about, you know, Mm -hmm. a personal stalker and predator that we didn't discuss on my podcast, but I think listening to things like this just gives you that complete empathy. You're like, oh, how does this happen to such a kind individual? And you really feel that connection versus, oh, I follow her stories and she's got a cute cat and cooks and stuff. And I think it, you know, humanizes people. Right. Because we're at that interesting point of when it comes to just like accessibility and well, it's just top of mind for me right now when it comes to accessibility and the balance that you strike when, um, like the mental health sort of conversation, especially given like, you, did you watch the Britney Spears documentary on, on Hulu? I didn't watch it, but I've been following the story for a really long time. So I thought it was hilarious that everyone was like, oh my God, Britney Spears. I'm like, have you guys not been following her social media for six years? Yeah, it's alarming because you realize that so much of the problem, I feel like, and like this public pressure by the media to, you know, the media owned her story and the way it was being told and portrayed for more than a decade, I would say, um, because she was this public facing figure. But it also was so fascinating to see that it happened at a time when social media really hadn't taken off yet. Mm -hmm. And we're living in this moment where athletes are very quick athletes celebrities whoever it is are very quick to kind of give you you know that honest sort of uh take and and like perspective on what is going on in their life and because we weren't at that point yet in our sort of like public discourse 
that the media kind of just clawed at it and, and took control of it. So it, it is just so interesting to, to see sort of how nowadays we try and find that, that fine line between, okay, this is what the athlete is sharing. And then at the same time, here's how I can be an ally in pushing that story forward as opposed to what it, what it was and how ugly it can get when sort of that access isn't there and the public is just craving for it. Yeah. And I think that's very relevant when it comes to injury for athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, I've talked to a couple of people and they're like, I would never post if I was injured. That shows that I'm weak. And I think maybe if you're like the top of your game and you don't really want your competitors to know that, but I'm happy to see this switch of, you know, I'm having a tough time. I'm going to get a blood test. I'm seeing what's up. I'm, you know, I got a little injured. I'm taking some time. I think that helps more people feel like they can be in the sport when they see who they're looking up to, like being a little bit more real. And I talked about TikTok probably way too much, but Mm -hmm. I think that's where TikTok gets it right, where some people just use it as like mini vlogs of, hey, here's what's actually going on with me. And you're like, oh, wait, you know, I think we're kind of getting past this influencer, perfect life, unrealistic expectation thing. And I, I hope to see more of that. It is very emotionally taxing though. You know, it's mm-hmm. not fun to share that you're injured and, you know, and then people tell you, don't worry, you got this. And you're like, well, I know I got it too, but you have to be, I think you've got to be pretty mentally strong in the first place to be able to do that. So it's a privileged place to be able to feel like you have the confidence to share. So you said that, okay, you just came out of like a little bit of an injury bug. Um, and now you're heading up to training camp at Altitude in Park City, Utah. Um, a little bit of a break from the podcast just because you just don't want to be overworking yourself like at a time when, yeah, I would say the Olympic trials is a little bit more important than a podcast. Um, where do you see sort of more than running going in like the near future? What, do you, what are your early thoughts on what we want to try and do with season three? That is a great question. I think that season three, I'd love to shift a little bit away from the interview style. Um, I think it's pretty saturated, you know, it's amazing. You know, people like you, you come up with these questions and you're, I think sometimes that comes less naturally to me versus, you know, focusing on one topic. And I thought I'd be able to do that more for season two, but the way things worked out in my own life, it just was more of very similar to season one. And I talked about this recap last season, so don't call me out for that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think personally, I've been really interested in like the history of Title IX and kind of, I learned recently that women's sports weren't even a part of the NCAA. And for example, like 50% of female coaches in the seventies in women's sports were like, were women of female teams. And now it's like less than 20%. So we've gone backwards. So Mm -hmm. I think that I'd like to focus on kind of this people carving their own path in male dominated spaces. And that'll probably include lots of runners still, you know, but I think that more people in the media side that are, you know, at the SIs, at the ESPNs doing that in addition to, you know, some more regular running content. So maybe two streams of like, here's the people that are running and training kind of having that interest, but here's the other, uh, sideline of, you know, here's what the issues currently are. And I think a lot of those issues were raised like during the women's NBA, um, like WNBA this year and especially the NCAA tournament. But I think my generation still doesn't really fully understand the history of women's sport. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to 
dig a little bit in that, you know, Victoria Jackson, sports historian, someone I'd be interested in having on. Um, dream, Billie Jean King, obviously. But, you know, it's still in the workshopping phase of thinking about it. But I do think that personally, that's really important for me to understand, to know, like, you can't move forward in history until you understand the past. And I think I needed to do a little bit more, more work of understanding the past of where women's sports have come to try to break through and change for the future. You had me worried at the very beginning that you were just like, oh, we're going to be shifting the podcast entirely. And you know that show, Serial? We're going to do something very similar in this no, 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 no. true crime podcast. But uh, no, I, I like that. I think we can still work off sort of like the interview-based style show, but it just sort of like come up with one sort of big overarching concept and then like really plugging at it for six to 10 episodes or something like that and and packaging it together really nicely because I listened to this one show called Generation Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into sort of a little bit of uh, the climate change conversation uh, last fall and that podcast really stood out to me uh, because very similarly they take a topic and then they have one guest sort of discussing it over or the I mean the whole topic is climate change, but then there's just, you know, a certain mode of like the sunrise movement. We'll talk to one of the leaders about it. We'll talk to legislators and all that kind of stuff. And so very easily, I think we could go sort of that similar route and there's no better time to sort of have that conversation given sort of the momentum coming off of, yeah, the WNBA and, and a lot of the players speaking out definitely had a major impact in sort of that blurred line that no that doesn't even exist anymore between sports and politics last fall in the lead up to the election and then even more so recently with the uh, NCAA women's tournament which after watching last night's national championship game with the men I would say that the women's game was 10 times maybe even like 50 times more entertaining and and more thrilling than uh, than the than the men's game but you know some you don't have that many people watching both games and and mm-hmm. seeing how they like panned out um, but so there's got to be a way to to connect to those people and so we're going to try our best to, to work on it so you met you threw out a couple names there dream guess is uh mary carilla still at number one yeah she's still number one i think that you know doing a better job of you know reaching out long-term planning and i think that's helpful when it's not as event-based you know mm. like someone like courtney wayman she's coming right off of winning national championships it's important to get that conversation in a time relevant um manner but i didn't want to totally scare you with my podcast theme but it was more related to you know if you have your your north star then you can have people talking about it in more of a general timeline and that links everything back together versus being kind of time pressed and i think that you know that makes a more holistic conversation for a season and i would love to tackle that project when i have a little bit more time Mm -hmm. after the trials so let's see give us a little bit of update as to training wise and you know focus wise what's where's your head at for this upcoming outdoor season yeah, I'm so excited to race. I definitely had a little stumble this indoor. I honestly think I just rode the line too hard. Um, I just got my energy really low. And I think when sometimes when you're doing it all, you kind of don't catch that. And maybe <laughs> this is why people keep a better running log than I do. Uh, but I'm feeling really good right now. I'm coming on this podcast. Thank God it's audio because I have sopping wet hair. And just coming off a really good track session. 
So we're about to head up to altitude, take kind of that 10 days to adjust, and then racing on May 14th at the Sound Running Meet, going for that A standard in the 5K. So I definitely am fully aware that the U.S. is firing on all cylinders. We've got some absolute studs, but that's why you run the race. So my goal is to make the final. Like, hands down, that's the goal. So I'm excited to just go in it as strong as I've ever been. And I'm really, really hoping and praying that they'll finally open up tickets to friends and family at the trials. You know, there's been so many people who have gotten me to this place that it'd be kind of sad if to celebrate it, you know, just with your, your team is here with every day. You know, I think it takes a village and I'd love to see some of my village there to kind of celebrate the accumulation of four or five years of focus. Yeah, get your vaccines, folks, so that we can have some fans at the uh, Olympic trials in uh, Eugene, Oregon. That's that's me plugging Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson. That's this is a free Oregon's ad for behind. Them. Oregon's yeah, Oregon behind. is pretty behind, but it's mostly I guess the influx of people coming in, and so yeah, don't forget to to pack your vaccination card when you're packing your running shoes to hit Priest Trail uh, for a couple days. Um, so the second half of the season was sponsored by Inside Tracker, and I guess to my knowledge. You've got a contest that uh, is going to be uh, taking place in, in a little bit. So I guess tell the listeners, I guess, what they have to do in order to win this grand prize pack. Yeah, so we're going to have a link in the show notes. And pretty much all you have to do is sign up. We'll share more information on social. But I think the package value is over $1,000. I think it was like um, 1500 bucks or something like that. It was like very... Yeah. A lot. So it, it, it's a lot. They were very generous. Um, it's kind of the ultimate test and then you get some dietitian review. So that's the testing that they provide to a lot of their athletes. So it is, it seems like almost too much information, but what you do is you go get your blood test, you go to a quest lab, and then you kind of have access to their website. And my favorite thing to do is you go on and you click, like, I want to focus on endurance. And then it gives you your biomarkers to focus on. And then you can click recipes and it gives you ideas of what to make with the recipes. So I'm not the most creative chef. So that's really helped me a lot. And they also have different packages as well that are less expensive and kind of a little bit more basic of information. But it's just a really great tool. I think if you were ever training for a marathon and you really wanted to you know, assess where you were at, like that'd be a great start. So for everyone looking towards the fall, it'd be great to get a baseline. And Inside Tracker just really cares about their athletes. So that's why I like working with them. I don't like to work with anyone who I don't believe in. So definitely check out and fill out that giveaway because it's worth a lot. Nice. One last thing before we probably let the listeners go and, and we go on this little break from, from the podcast. Um, we've got, I think, like 77 sort of like uh, I, Apple podcast reviews. Um, let's get to 100. So if you're listening to this and you enjoyed any of the episodes this season, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave it a little five-star review um, and, a, and, a, and a description there. Um, one, you know, the feedback go- comes back to us. We love hearing from, from listeners. And at the same time, like it helps improve uh, the podcast ranking on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find the show if they head on over to like the sports top charts and Dana's face is up there next to, you know, the likes of, I don't know, like part my take and like Katie Nolan's podcast or something like that. That'd be really funny to see. But uh, yeah, shoot us some some reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if there's anything you want to see in the podcast or any ideas, the DMs are open. We are, you know, we're just like you guys and we want to make the sport a better place. So 
really, I, we see them all. We see all the suggestions. We see all the reviews and all ears. You know, we want to make, want to grow the sport, especially for women. And I want to hear what you guys think, how you can do it. Any last words, I guess, to the listeners before you go on this little training break and, and podcast break? The best way to support women's running is to really share those stories with your friends. You know, if you have a friend who's just getting into running, share, here's my favorite athlete and why on social media. You know, it really does help all of us. And I think it's kind of an everybody eats situation. You know, there's room for us all at the finish line. So the more successful we all are, it really rising tide lifts all boats. So share, be a part of it. That's it. That's all I got. Awesome. All right. Well, more than running listeners, we'll catch you again later this spring, maybe early this summer for season three of more than running with Dana Giordano. Bye guys. few close friends the rest just pretend alternate people kissing in the stairwell i want this day to end text my mama so i don't lose hope i didn't learn anything i didn't know always yelling get off your phone screw that i'm going home did you hear that no i'm gonna take a zero just call